I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show, grinding relentlessly on for yet another episode, in spite of absolutely astonishing popular demand. My name is Adam Bayfield and I'll be your host for all of tonight's crazy antics. And tonight the part of Tony Kerr will be played by Tony Kerr. (laughs) Best person for the job. How's it going this week, Tony? Yeah, pretty good, all round. Did you have a good weekend? Excellent, thanks. You dropped off the grid for a couple of days at the end of last week. Yeah, no one could find you. You weren't answering my texts. I was really beginning to wonder what was going on, but then I saw that the premiere of Man of Steel was on in Jersey, (laughs) uh, just over the water from us here. And the papers were saying that Russell Crowe was there. And then suddenly it all made sense. You know, Russell Crowe's probably just chilling out at home back in Los Angeles. Tony's gone over to stand in as his body double, you know, sign a few autographs. (laughs) Just deliver. The thing is, though... I can do that job, but when I'm asked to produce an Australian accent, it's when it falls down. That's why you wouldn't let anyone... You wouldn't let the uh, TV crews interview you. No. Uh, But I have actually been compared to Russell Crowe in the past, so... Well, that was where where the gag... My gag was coming from. I was just letting other people know who might not be aware (laughs) of the uh, physical and kind of charismatic likenesses. You have got the same presence as Russell Crowe when you walk into the room. Same anger management issues. And I think that's why they they hired you to to fill in for him. It's a pity the film's absolute garbage, though, Tim. I'm I'm surprised you uh, agreed to be associated with it. Uh, You talked me into going to watch it. I said, under no circumstances, if it's longer than two hours, will I be going to watch it? Two hours 20, and somehow I found myself in the seat watching the bloody thing. Yeah, we went uh, on Sunday afternoon. I was really excited about it. And I was really let down. I felt really let down. Yeah, it's like it was, Kermode and May now. It, it was absolutely terrible, I thought. But anyway, that, that didn't stop you standing in for Russell Crowe. I feel like this podcast has recently just turned into us talking about who we look like. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to the show for the first time, just picture Russell Crowe and Michael Gove. <laughs> or, uh, or Stephen Fry and Michael Sarah. Or Zach Galifianakis and Michael Atherton. <laughs> or Meatloaf and David Cameron. <laughs> you don't get anything like David Cameron. Who's suggested that? Lots of people. Really? A surprising number of people have told me they like David Cameron. You're not nearly as like, pasty and doughy. Eh? And you haven't got your, your hair's a lot lighter. Thanks. Uh, you're, a, you're, you're, not you're, nearly, you're not nearly as likeable either. Less doughy than David Cameron. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Do you say I'm not nearly as likeable? <laughs> You're like a kind Brilliant. of, uh, I don't know, if you just kind of melded the Coalition front bench together, it would produce you, I think. <laughs> <laughs> You're like a kind of face of the Coalition. <laughs> <laughs> Theresa May. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit of Theresa, actually. <laughs> What's your tiredness level this week, Tone? Oh, Where are you go. riding on the uh, Tony Care tiredness scale? Too bad, I should say. About the four. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. Pretty good. Four out of what? Five or ten? Ten. Okay, yeah, yeah ten. that's not too bad. Because I do feel like recently, 
pretty much every time we record the show, <laughs> you say something along the lines of, when you come to pick me up to bring me here, as I open the door and get in the car, you say something like along the lines... driver. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as I open the door of the back seat to get in. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the studio, cabbie. Yeah, every time I get in, you say something along the lines of, let's make it let's make it efficient this week. Let's make it an efficient one. Well, that's what I'm looking for. You know, I've been brought in to make efficiency <laughs> savings on the pod by the by the men upstairs. They want me to cut out the deadwood. Well, and time is money, isn't it? As well? Exactly. I mean, it costs so much money to keep us in the studio. Our time is so expensive, mine and yours, that, yeah, the, the longer the pod goes on, the more Rubicon and the other sponsors have to <laughs> shell out. If I was to tell you what's coming up on the show today, Tane, would you be interested? Uh, I could probably muster enough energy to feign interest for at least a little while. Okay, good. Uh, Well, we've got some major Champions Trophy chat. Uh, We're going to be looking back on the group stages, which have just come to an end. And I say just, as we're recording this, it's actually not quite over. Australia are 205 for nine requiring 49 runs with one wicket in hand against Sri Lanka. Uh, But we'll, we'll, we'll get into all of that in a moment. We will also be talking about the Fantasy League in just a second, so don't fret, Tone. I know you're keen to talk about that. And then similar to last week, we're just going to have to sort of see where we, we're just going to have to sort of see where we are after that. As we say, time is money. We might do an Ashes update that's left over from last week or knock out a couple of side notes. Uh, but let's start, as I say, by talking about the Champions Trophy Fantasy League. For listeners who are perhaps unaware, we're running a World Cricket Show mini-league on the official ICC Champions Trophy Fantasy League site. Has it been a good week for you, Tone, in the Fantasy League? Uh, well, it depends on your definition of good, really. As in the opposite of bad? Uh, well, on that, on that kind of measure, uh, no, it's not <laughs> been a good week. Well, it's been all right. You know, I'm in the, I'm in the mix for something but um, yeah I've dropped a few points behind you I had a couple of nightmare days uh, which made for very frustrating watching but I think I'm pretty confident that at the end of tonight we are going to be almost level pegging I think we may actually be tied on points well in terms of the overall picture we're both just beginning to haul ourselves out of mid-table obscurity we're like a couple of mid-table clubs like Fulham and Stoke so (laughs) I see you very much as Stoke Uh, but we're beginning to sort of push up towards uh better things uh i think the last time we recorded a show inexplicably you were ahead of me well i'm by a long way but uh but but the the normal state of affairs was restored pretty soon after that uh and i'm currently ahead of you i'm in sixth place in the mini league you're in ninth but you're saying that you're confident that that that's going to change i like how how quickly it stopped being us trying to win the thing we gave up on winning (laughs) so quickly and it's just i'm i'm just concerned with beating you at this point no, agreed. I mean, you just think, uh, and you wonder how different things might have been if I hadn't picked Kusil Pereira from the start. <laughs> He's got me minus fourteen overall. Pretty well. Wow. Uh, what a waste of a place, you know, on the yeah, in the team that was tragic. We are. I've had a few players like that. I picked Tim Salvi, uh, and he contributed a whopping six points. There are some selections that you just think, what was I thinking? There's lessons to be learned for next time. <laughs> uh, very frustrating uh, end to the match involving England and New Zealand for me. Knowing that you had Anderson uh, as your captain, yeah. I shouldn't have looked. I, should, I didn't need to know that information. Just focus <laughs> on your own game. But no, I uh, gave into temptation, looked. Yeah, he caught one in, towards the end of the game. The ball was like sprayed up somewhere else to a completely different part of the ground. Uh, and the commentator just screamed before it even cut to him. Oh, Anderson's under this one as well. <laughs> <laughs> he was, was, he no. was everywhere. And then he took a wicket with the final ball of the match. 
needlessly. He didn't need <laughs> yeah. to take the wicket. The, the wicket, the, the game was won. And the commentators didn't even really know. No, notice. he didn't realise. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. Yeah. It was pretty. I was leaping up and <laughs> celebrating at that point, not because England had won, because Anderson had got that last wicket. It's like, more points. Well, that could be that could be crucial coming More points it. for Bayfield, I screamed. <laughs> so, hang on, what are you? You're uh, 109 points ahead of me going into the final day of the group stage. Can I make up 109 points? Possibly is the answer. We might know by the end of this episode, Tone, because that is uh, exciting. The, once this Australia Sri Lanka game is over, it will all be updated. Shall I just give you the top six? Uh, Andrew Hunter is top. I believe he was top last week as well. He's he's still got the lead. Uh, Ahmed Nazir is second. Usman Mahmoud is third. Chris Balcom is up to fourth. Toby Marriott is fifth. And if we just go down to sixth place, uh, Adam Bayfield's World Cricket Show Warriors uh, are in sixth. No need to go to If you're going to go to sixth, you have to go to ten, <laughs> I feel. Uh, you know, seventh, Rizwan Hussain. Eighth, Kevin Gray. And that's as much as we need, I think. <laughs> And the ninth, with a big green arrow next to his name, Tony Kerr. <laughs> so yeah, Andrew Hunter is still in pole position for that World Cricket Show mug that is on offer for the winner of this league. If you haven't entered a team, but you would still like to get involved, you've left it very late if you want to win the thing. But there's a separate table for the knockout stage. You could win the knockout stage. Uh, so if you want to enter a team, go to the site. It's cricketicc.fantasyleague.com. Enter our private league. It's called World Cricket Show, and the pin is 28075. Lots of fun to be had. Am I right? Am I right, Tone? Yeah, mate. It's been an absolute blast, apart from the uh, instances of immense frustration, disappointment, <laughs> and kind of just feeling of failure. Uh, it's been a really enjoyable thing to be involved with. Champions Trophy! Do you like how excited I am about this item, Tone? I'm... Um, pretty impressed with that it's the part of the show where we talk about the champions trophy and we've reached the business end of the icc champions trophy it's, it's the semi-final stage south africa play england at the oval on wednesday and india play tba at cardiff the following day or tba tbc tbc probably tba well, that's to be announced, isn't it? Which... Yeah, but I mean, Crick Info have gone with TBA. Are you going mm. to argue with that? It's not going to be announced, is it? That's like they're, they're trying well, to... Well, I know, I know, I get your logic, but I'm just saying that Crick Info have told you that it's TBA, so... It's another strong start to this <laughs> item, isn't it? <laughs> we're, we're making a habit of that. Uh, well, yeah, currently, Australia are 218 for nine, needing 36 more runs to win. Surely they're not going to pull it off, Tane, are they? I mean, by the time people are hearing this, they know whether or not they pulled it off, but we don't. It'd be a remarkable, uh, a remarkable kind of rear guard action, wouldn't it? For well, they say that they they also did well in the middle part of their innings. So. Well, yeah, they had a terrible start, but this partnership so far has put on twenty six. You've put it on Skygo on your phone, just sitting on top of the speaker over there. So if we sound distracted, it's because we are. So we'll wait for that game to be over. But let's talk about the three other semi finalists. To begin with, and England qualified with an impressive victory in a reduced overs match against New Zealand in Cardiff on Sunday. Rain meant that it was 24 overs aside. England got off to a very good start thanks to Alistair Cook's 64 from 47 balls. They collapsed towards the end of their innings to be 169 all out. Uh, Kyle Mills taking four wickets and Mitchell McCunnigan three. Uh, But New Zealand never really got going in their run chase. Some terrific bowling from Anderson, Broad and Bresnan. Early doors meant that they were meant that they were 62 for 5 at one point. They managed to get within 10 runs, but in truth, they never really looked like winning. 159 for 8, and they ran out of time. So that was a great win for England. They were under pressure after defeat to Sri Lanka at the Oval. 
uh, where Kumar Sangakkara scored a fantastic century. Um, so they were under pressure, but they responded to that pressure magnificently. There was a fear as an England supporter that it was going to start raining again in Cardiff uh, when New Zealand were batting before they got to that magic 20-over mark. And in fact, during, during the 20th over, uh, Corey Anderson injured himself and there was about a five-minute delay and he just thought the rain's going to come down now. It didn't. If it, if it had come down and England had been eliminated, I think it would have been grossly unfair because they were a lot better than New Zealand in that game. How did you assess their performances overall in the group stage, Tane? Did they sort of stumble through uh, after losing to Sri Lanka or, or was that defeat a, a bit of an aberration? How strong do you think they look at this point? Yeah, well, we both picked them to go through, didn't we, at the start? So let's just let's just pat ourselves on the back. And it was a real shock that we would pick England to, well, to make I mean, the semi-finals. Not many people well. have expected that, but uh, but yeah, they've been uh, yeah they've been decent. I mean, it is only three games, one of which was heavily rain affected. So uh, yeah, the Sri Lanka game was a bit disappointing, despite you know Ravi Papara's heroics, uh, which I'm sure you enjoyed watching. Thirty-three off thirteen. Uh, it was his contribution. But yeah, I mean, the Saga car innings was pretty spot on. It, it was just about as perfect an innings as you would see, I guess, in a one-day match. And sometimes you have to just take your hat off to the opposition, don't you? I mean, Saga Kara is one of the all-time great batsmen and he just produced an innings that you, you can't necessarily do too much about. And then, well, and Kula Sekra was also pretty effective, wasn't he? Uh, I think he wanted he gets 50-odd off. 30 odd balls. Uh, so 58 clearly, off 35, I think. It's clearly that uh, 58 off 38, I think, actually. Okay. So get, get your figures right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but clearly that pitch was, you know, that was one of the better batting surfaces or one of the better batting days uh, in the tournament. So, But yeah, I think England have done well and they look they look as strong as anyone apart from maybe India. Well, I think, I think they've played pretty well so far. I mean, their, their bowling attack has been excellent for the most part. And as you say, the, the one game where it wasn't was on a, a terrific batting surface jimmy anderson has been absolutely brilliant uh, but then when is he not brilliant you know they're, they're far from unbeatable england obviously because they've been beaten uh, but it is going to take a good performance to beat them i think and as you say after india they've probably been the most impressive side so far the top order has done pretty well the bowling has done pretty well the fielding has been superb the one area of the team that perhaps isn't firing on full cylinders is that sort of middle to lower middle order. Owen Morgan and Joss Butler have both come in with the task of smashing the ball around towards the end of the innings. And neither of them has got going in any of the games. England are very much relying on Morgan and Butler to, to boost their totals from a useful area to an intimidating area. And they just haven't done that. And England collapsed at the end against New Zealand and that could have been costly. And fortunately it wasn't. You know, Jonathan Trott and the rest of the top three come in for so much criticism for for scoring too slowly. But to an extent, they've been doing their job. It's it's the other part of the equation. It's the the hitters where the problem's been. They're the ones that are struggling. Um, but then I guess the counter argument to that is that the reason they're struggling is because they're under too much pressure because the top order score at such a slow pace that they've just been left with too much to do. Yeah, that's it. It's a tricky one. The as you said, the top three. Cook, Bell and Trot have all contributed pretty decent knocks. What Cook's got a couple of 50s uh, and Trot and Bell uh, a couple of innings slightly higher than that. But yeah, I think, I think, there is a, I think it's slightly swung in, in the direction of there being just slightly too much pressure on uh, Morgan, Butler, Bapara uh, at the moment for them to actually do anything useful. Uh, the match against Sri Lanka, uh, you look at the top two, Cook 59 but strike rate of 69 and, and Bell 20 off 37 balls which you know that that innings clearly got off to quite a slow start and it was largely thanks to Bapara uh, and Root 
that England even got anywhere near a competitive score and in the end it didn't turn out to be one at all so (laughs) (laughs) well yeah Bapara has certainly delivered so far he has been doing that hitting job towards the end of the innings against Australia as well as against Sri Lanka Uh, absolutely brutal last over against the Sri Lankans he's arguably been England's best player in this tournament so far I've always had a lot of time for Ravi Bapara as you know Tone but I think he surprised even me with how well he's played (laughs) Seriously, though, I mean, yeah, I've never had much time for Ravi Bapara, but I suppose it's about time that he delivered. He's, he's, had, he's had plenty of opportunities to show that he can do something like this. We've had a lot of uh, tweets and, and so on from people saying, oh, bet you're surprised, or almost sort of saying, oh, I bet you're disappointed to see Bapara do well. Well, obviously not, I mean, because I want England to win. I want Bapara to be successful. I mean, I've got nothing against the guy personally. I just didn't feel that he was going to be able to ever deliver like this but he's still got a long way to go but fair play to him he's certainly uh, stuck his hand up in these few matches well I mean it, well yeah I mean he's done all right doesn't he a couple of wickets against New Zealand a quick fire 30 not much more than that and what, what did he get in the first match 46 or something so he's done all right yeah he's done all right what do you reckon then saying can you see England going all the way <laughs> it was on there uh, who was it Paul Allett I think on you know that show cricket writers on tv which is the least imaginative name for <laughs> any television programme in history, I think. But he was saying, this was before the New Zealand game, he's saying, do you know what? If England win three matches, they win this tournament. <laughs> it's like, well, that's true of all the teams, isn't it? <laughs> so he's sitting there now going, tell you what, if England win two matches, they win this tournament. <laughs> uh, but it's true, though, Tone. If they win two matches, they win this tournament. Well, we, I mean, we said it was wide open, didn't we? The, 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 the key message, the key takeaway from our preview was it's wide open. Yeah. Uh, in the end, well, one of us ended up predicting uh, slightly more accurately than the other one, but we can go into that in a bit. But, <laughs> but, it, but it is wide open. I don't know. I don't know how you pick a winner from the four. Well, I am okay. going to be asking yeah. you to do that in a minute. So cool. start thinking about how right, you're going to do right. that. I'm just going to go to the bathroom for a minute. <laughs> yes, well, England... He's just going to frantically like, tweet at David Lloyd or something. Yeah, Lloyd, he's give me a name. Like... Give me a name. Nick Knight, I need a name. Just scrolling through Lloyd's timeline <laughs> trying to find his prediction. Uh, difficult, 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 difficult. Uh, you gave me an interesting spiel about uh, the lack of reserve days, which was making things look quite interesting for New Zealand the other day. Yeah, well, if if the England-New Zealand game had been washed out, New Zealand would have gone through. If they'd managed to go through as group winners, uh, depending on the result of the Sri Lanka-Australia game, then if their semi-final against South Africa was washed out, they would go through on the basis that they topped the group. And then if the final was washed out, they'd get a share of the trophy, which would have meant that, given that their Australia match was also washed out, New Zealand could have, in theory, won the tournament after beating Sri Lanka by one wicket and that's it but obviously so, that involved that involves a lot of ifs if this game's washed out if that game's washed out but it just illustrates that there are no reserve days for this tournament which I think is a little bit ridiculous even for the final if it rains on the day of the final the trophy is shared which would be a, a bit of a letdown I think so yeah so what happens though if the England South Africa match is washed out England go through because they're group winners and what happens if the final's washed out England get a share of the trophy there you go you heard it here, not so first. You heard it, <laughs> you heard it here first, or possibly read it on Crick, Crick Info, <laughs> which is where I read it. If we do get all the play that we could get, then I think clearly at this point the favourites are India, who are the only team to have, to have won every game that they've played. Uh, a comfortable victory over Pakistan at Edgbaston on Saturday. Uh, that game was a bit of an anti-climax because Pakistan were just never in the contest and it rained quite a lot as well. Uh, but India um, delivering a strong performance. Their batting looks 
pretty formidable, I think you'd have to say. Uh, and they do have Ravi Jadeja in their ranks, who I would say is probably the closest thing to Superman in cricket at the moment. Certainly more animated than Superman, certainly a lot less boring a character. How difficult is it going to be to stop India, Tone? Well, it's going to be like stopping Zod, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, you know, you might do it, but it's there's going to be a lot of collateral damage. It's, it's going to be a lot of very tedious <laughs> fighting along the way. Kind of skyscrapers falling down. Let me do my Russell Crowe impression. We've had a child Zod, a boy child. <laughs> uh, you know, if there's one thing India look good at, at the moment, it's batting. Uh, and as you said, the bowling's not too bad either. So. If there are three things India look good at at the moment, it's batting, bowling, and fielding. I guess the one thing that's really helped them is uh, the conditions. I'd say in their wildest dreams, India wouldn't have been in- expecting the, the the kind of dry pitches that they've been presented with before the tournament, both immediately before the tournament and also when we were looking ahead to the tournament, you know, in the in the months and years and decades that came before, we would have expected the ball to be swinging around, hooping around, really juicy pitches. And with one or two exceptions, that's just not been the case at all. Um, and India have been thriving as a result of that. Well, exactly. They, well, they- Scored the top, uh, they posted the top score in the tournament uh, on day one. Then uh, they batted very, very comfortably to win the game against West Indies. Uh, and then Pakistan, again, they batted really comfortably to win it. And well, Pakistan just didn't really put up a fight. So uh, that was a big letdown that match, wasn't it? I mean, it, there wasn't anything riding on it in the end going into it, as we said last week. So, you know, the context wasn't there, if you like. But still, the lack of a contest uh, equally was disappointing. I think what's interesting about India is that you would think that they're playing so well that, that they're the favourites because they're the world champions. You know, they, they won the World Cup in 2011, drawing on their experience of winning a global tournament. But actually, there's only three players surviving from that World Cup squad. This is a very new team. Now, if you remember, after that uh, abysmal performance from India in the Test Series against England, you know, we talked about it and we said maybe it would act as a, a wake-up call. You know, They'd hit rock bottom. Hopefully it would be the thing that would sort of shake Indian cricket out of its paralysis. They'd move the old guys on, bring in some young players. And obviously this is a different format. They were never as bad in one-day cricket as they were in Test for a while. But they have moved a lot of the old players on. There's no Savag, there's no Gambia, there's no Tendulkar. And they look so much more focused, almost certainly as a direct result of that, I would say. Now, I think Duncan Fletcher should probably get quite a lot of the credit for that. He took a lot of stick when they were losing, so now that they're winning, he should probably get some credit. And especially because he will have also had quite a lot to do with the improvement in the Indian fielding, which has been really dramatic. I mean, they're absolutely electric in the field, this squad. If you contrast that with the way they fielded on that 2011 tour of England, you know, when uh, NASA was calling them donkeys and sparking a diplomatic incident... Um, <laughs> That's remarkable. Now, obviously, they might lose the semi-final and talking them up like this will seem maybe a bit ridiculous, but they have played really well in these three games and it's been an impressively fresh looking. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role 
like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Inside, I would say. Yeah, definitely. And you look at the performers uh, uh, at the top of the order, Dewan and, and Rohit Sharma have both contributed a lot of runs. Uh, two centuries for Dewan and couple of 50s for Sharma so yeah it's it's an exciting and as you say fresh looking lineup and Sharma is one of those unbelievably good fielders Virat Kohli is another I mean not just for India but actually all across this tournament there's been some outstanding fielding most of it by Brendan McCullum did you see those (laughs) those catches that he took they were were stunning the one was it off uh, Kishal Pereira against Sri Lanka but diamond duck Yeah, yeah the first ball of that match and he McCullum's catch there, just leaping across, was Kerr like with his just two it, hands. It really reminded me of Kerr, actually. <laughs> yeah, but but also the the catch off Ian Bell. I mean, Ian Bell hit that so hard to McCullum, he was standing at short extra cover, and he just plucked it nonchalantly out the air. There have been some good catch as well. Da- Darren Bravo took a cracker, didn't he? Uh, against someone. Yeah, can't remember who that was against, but it was uh, kind of a, a square leg almost. Is it square leg? You've, you've done your research. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. It, it, was, it was a catch. It was a, it Darren was a Bravo took a catch that was good. Is what yeah, so let's just leave it at that. No need to go into any more detail. Quick update on this, this Sri Lanka-Australia game. Australia need 24 runs from 52 balls. Uh, so you know what, mate? This is getting exciting. We required run rate 2.8. Last five overs, Australia run rate 2.6. This is going to the wire. The other team coming out of... Group B with India is South Africa. They won what was a de facto quarter-final with the West Indies. That game was also rain-affected. It's a bit of a theme of this tournament. South Africa made 230 for six from 31 overs. Colin Ingram smashing 73 from 63 balls. So West Indies were were chasing 2-3-1. At various stages, they appeared to be going well, but South Africa kept taking wickets, which pegged them back. Marlon Samuels made 48 from 38 uh, before he was clean-bowled by Dale Stain. When Kyron Pollard and Dwayne Bravo were together, West Indies were ahead of the Duckworth Lewis. But off the first ball of the 27th over, Pollard holed out to Ryan McLaren, which put the two teams level on Duckworth Lewis. At that point, the rain came down. The match was called off. It finished as a tie, therefore, which put South Africa through on net run rate, which in theory sounds unbelievably exciting. But because of the way it happened with the rain coming down at the end, it felt like a bit of an anticlimax and just felt slightly frustrating. And I think the West Indies were certainly very frustrated. Not much you can do about the weather, I suppose, but it, but it is frustrating. How many times do you think Kyron Pollard will have rep- replayed that shot in his head, skying one down to third man? At least once, I'd say. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and speaking from experience, the number of times I replay shots in my head coming in at six in evenly Division Four, uh, <laughs> you know probably quite a lot I'd there's guess. a little bit less riding on, on yeah. those games uh, well. it's been a funny one this tournament hasn't it there's been a lot of rain there's been the threat of rain but they keep revising the forecast kind of more positively uh, but then there has been a few showers so there's been a few interruptions so I'm saying what I'm trying to say is there has been rain right yeah good good analysis from Michael Fisher over there for South Africa it must feel pretty satisfying given what happened to them at, at 10 years ago the 2003 World Cup when they messed up their Duckworth Lewis calculations and went out of the tournament in a game with West Indies. Nicely cyclical for them. But in a way, and this is no disrespect to South Africa, it's a bit of a shame for the tournament, I think, that West Indies have got out because at the moment, 
I would say they're the most exciting team to watch. They've got the most exciting players. And, you know, we didn't get to see Chris Gale really sort of get going in this in this tournament. And that's a bit of a shame. And it's been something of a theme of the competition. The power players, the real kind of box office, destructive batsmen, haven't delivered as yet. Anyway, Gale, Watson, Morgan, McCullum. You know, we've seen some great innings, but they've not been from those kind of... Uh, power play batsmen. There haven't been many sixes, have there? That's anecdotally speaking. <laughs> well, there have been some. But have there been many? Well, to find many. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to have a look back at the last Champions Trophy. Let's have a look at this one, shall we? Stats. No, oh, I think I've just liked... I've just accidentally liked Champions Trophy 2009 on, on, <laughs> on Facebook. Uh, you know, top six hitters in the tournament so far. Sammy, Bapara and Mizbar with four. Uh, Kulaseka, Maxwell, Miller... Pollard with three each. Go back four years, Adam. And admittedly, a couple of these players obviously played five matches and four matches. Uh, but Watson struck 11, Collingwood 8, Shah 7, McCullum 6, Kulaseka and Morgan 5. They'll probably look identical by the end of the tournament. Well, no, I mean, there's only three games left, isn't there? So yeah. it would be a surprise if they did. So, uh, you know, but, but then the, the games have been slightly lower scoring, it would, it would seem anecdotally as well. <laughs> I mean, I actually checked. You don't have figures. to check. Don't check. That hasty research you've just done there, Tone, is quite interesting. In general, fewer sixes. Less sixes. Fewer sixes. Fewer, in it? Yeah. The grammar police will be on me. I'll be on you. If I, if I say less. It's all over. To the Crackney Dillshad has just pulled off an absolute blinder of a court and bold uh, to take the final Australian wicket. So Sri Lanka go through. Exciting times. The crowd are going wild. What scenes? What, what scenes? So they'll go on to play India in the semi-final at Cardiff on Thursday. So we know the final four teams now, Tane. England, South Africa, India, Sri Lanka. Now, remarkably, something remarkable has happened. Uh, before the tournament, uh, we both picked our semi-final lineup, And I said, England, India, West Indies and New Zealand. And I picked uh, England, Sri Lanka, Pakistan and South Africa as my four. So what does that tell you? Well, what that tells me is that you got three correct and I only got two correct. That's not bad. I mean, you're, getting two correct is exactly what I would, would have expected from you. <laughs> and I don't mean that in an offensive way. You know, I mean that in a... It was so open that you were bound to get two. You'd have been unlucky not to get two. Less than two would, would not look great, would it? <laughs> but, but three... Maybe that says that, you know, it was slightly more predictable than, than it was open. <laughs> but maybe not. Well, speaking of predictions, who's going to win, Tane? And I do want a definitive prediction here. I want one name. None of your weaseling around like you normally do. Who's going to win? Final first. England v South Africa. Who's winning that one? Uh, I'm going to put England in the final. Okay. Shocker. And Against Sri Lanka, India. India. England, India so final. So the two great winners, I think. With India to win. I think, yeah, if England do come up against India, yeah, it will be a good match, but you get the feeling England probably won't get enough runs and... Uh, and not necessarily because they'll they'll have been reduced, they just won't go quick enough and, and India will be able to knock them off fairly straightforwardly. Perhaps I think England would have a better chance uh, batting second against I India. I was just thinking that, yeah, if England can bat second in both semi-finals, actually, you know, <laughs> yeah. in, in both matches, I think that'll uh, give them a much better chance. It's annoying because I, I want to predict England-India final as well, uh, but I don't want to predict the same thing as you. So, Well, you're allowed to, don't feel you... Well, there's no rules, are there? I mean, no. There's, no, there's no list of rules on the wall <laughs> in here. Can you just like, take a look at that list over there? <laughs> um, but I won't. I'll go, I'll, I'll go against my heart and I'll say a South Africa-India final uh, with South Africa to win. 
I mean, I'm, I'm plucking that out of the air in the sense that I, before this tournament, didn't expect South Africa to get out of the group. Uh, but, but that's what I'm going for. It's not what I think. I, <laughs> I think India will beat England in the final. But that's what you said. The side notes now, on which we discuss some of the more offbeat stories of the cricketing week. I've got a couple of side notes for you here, Tone. Uh, they both actually come from Crick Info this week. You might be surprised to hear that. This first one was actually written a little while ago, but I've only just come across it. It's Cardiff's Catcher in the Deep. So bear in mind that this was written before the start of the Champions Trophy. But it's quite interesting because you might not be aware that this is happening while the Champions Trophy is going on. Thrifty Champions Trophy organisers in Cardiff have come up with a scheme to prevent too many balls being lost to the River Taff that flows behind one end of Glamorgan's ground. A man with a net in a boat. Or to be specific, a coracle. With the likes of Chris Gale, who last month hit a world record 17 sixes during one IPL innings, Owen Morgan and MS Doney expected to play in Cardiff, coracler Carl Chattington may also need a helmet to protect from flying projectiles. The first coracle to set sail on the taff will also save Glamorgan a few quid each time its operator fishes another ball out of the water. Simon White, Glamorgan's finance director, said, quote, Chris Gale is renowned for hitting sixes, and with the number of big hitters appearing in the ICC Champions Trophy games in Cardiff, we just can't be too careful. Although this tournament is a significant contributor to our finances, we have to manage the cost of bills, and every time a ball is saved, that's £50 to us as a business. The Champions Trophy will commence next Thursday in Cardiff. Despite hopes for an exciting tournament, Glamorgan can be sure that no one will make too much of a splash in Wales. 50 quid, Tone, it costs for a cricket ball. And that is, uh, yeah, that's a, a decent whack, isn't it? <laughs> it sure is. Excuse the pun. Uh, interesting to look at how many, you can it like this, but I'm going to check out how many sixes have been hit in Cardiff. Right. And see if they've got value for money with that. You're all about facts 13, tonight, Tony, aren't you? 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 19, 21, 22, 23, 23 or 4 or something. In the early 20s, basically, sixes. So how many of those have ended up in the Taft? Well, that's the question. I, not many, I don't think. I love the idea that this guy's just sat there in his little coracle. You can just hear the crowd going wild inside. And he's like, well, got to wait for it to come <laughs> over. Nothing's happened. Is he just out there all the time? I want to see if I can get... So what's he... What, Cardiff Coracle. What's with all your fact-checking today? <laughs> you're, like, you're like... Here he is. Oh, there's a, there is a photo on the thing. You're like a regular... grey-haired fella. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little grey-haired fella. Oh, that's actually from the article. You didn't tell me there was a photo. But he's got a little rubber coracle, you're right. You're like a regular Bob Woodward tone. Anyway, carry on. Next. <laughs> little grey-haired fella fishing the balls out the taff. Uh, let's move on to this article. Uh, it's titled A Very Beefy Piggyback. Michael Clarke won't be the only captain hoping desperately that Australia avoid a 5-0 thrashing at the hands of England on this year's Ashes Tour. After Ian Botham predicted such a clean sweep, Alan Border, the man in charge of Australia's 1989 Ashes triumph, made a promise. Oh, piggyback beefy round Piccadilly Circus if England beat Australia 5-0, Border told the London Evening Standard. England deserve to be favourites, but Batham's 5-0 just won't happen. It's going to be a lot tighter. The 1989 success came as a surprise to many in England, and Clark's 2013 squad has been compared to Borders Group in terms of the lack of experience and expectations. 
Border said any disparagement of the Australian outfit in the media could actually be used to their advantage. The best way to motivate an Australian side is to grab a few of those headlines and stick them up around the dressing room. That was the case in 1989. England had a very <laughs> 1989. good... 1989. <laughs> 1989. England had a very good side, and the headlines then were very similar. Before the first test, I grabbed a few of those headlines, and it riled our blokes enough. It's just amazing how you get motivation, and we all know what happened in 89. So what's he saying then, basically? Just distill it down for us? <laughs> Do you want me to just read the article again because you weren't listening? No, so basically what if, if, He's uh, saying if, that if he... Australia lose 5-0, he'll give Beefy a piggyback where? Round Piccadilly Circus. Right. I'd quite enjoy seeing that. That would be, be entertaining. What part of... Like, just round? Just just the round. It's not really a circle, though, is it? No, I know. It's, it's, so there's a lot of traffic in Piccadilly Circus, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, lots of traffic. Well, there's actually what, there's a, lot of, uh, a lot of spice ahead of this. Ashes season, it's getting good. What with Warner uh, and this now, there's loads of it. Warner landing the first blow. I'm excited. People have been saying, Tone, that there's not enough distinction between my Aussie and my Kiwi accents. People have been complaining that they're too similar. Okay. But I disagree with that because I'd say my Aussie accent, I mean, I know I went, I really went to town with that, but I'd say my Aussie accent is a lot more over the top than my Kiwi accent. So you've been saying that? List, on Twitter. Listeners. Well, I think perhaps maybe you need to... Uh, Stop doing the accents altogether. Well, that's one option. <laughs> I was actually going to suggest that you uh, you come up with, you invent a conversation between an Aussie and a, a, a Kiwi. Difficult. Uh, so next time there's a big kind of spat between a player or, or you know a representative from each country, bring it up. I could just imagine what the conversation might be like. Yeah. Well, what I might do is just rewrite any articles that involve a, a New Zealand accent to include the word hectic which is probably my favourite word to say in a New Zealand accent. Hictuck. Oh, it's been absolutely hictuck. I'm, fr- I'm frantically refreshing the Champions, uh, Champions Trophy fancy page here. I'm trying to get the... Uh, I want to get this title on before the end of the night. I think the internet's just died. Much like the new Superman movie, this episode of the World Cricket Show has been overlong, overbearing and over the top. It's probably about time that it was just over. Have you enjoyed this one, Tone? Yeah, it's been good. Uh, yeah, probably not as good as you know, the last couple of weeks, but it's decent. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's been all right, mate. I've enjoyed it. Actually, my, uh, my sister listened to last week's show, and I, I think that's the first time she's ever done that. I think that's the first World Cricket show she's ever listened to. Yeah. It's only taken 186 episodes. <laughs> to persuade but she, her. <laughs> but she's finally uh, agreed to listen to one. She said she enjoyed our chat about Matthew Fisher. The, uh, the 15-year-old that's yeah. that played for Yorkshire. And well, that's good. We were saying, she got that far into it then. Yeah, she did, yeah. Because we, we were talking about the fact that he had an astonishingly deep voice for a 15-year-old. And he was talking about ha- having to postpone his GCSE French oral going, like, oh, well, luckily I can delay that. The teacher said I can delay that. And she said she'd like to hear his GCSE French oral. <laughs> she'd just like to be there for like, bonjour, <laughs> je m'appelle Matthew, je joue au cricket. <laughs> Je travaille dans le jardin. That's good. That's quite a good impression of a burly 15-year-old Yorkshireman <laughs> doing a French oral. Not something I expected to hear 186 episodes ago. <laughs> it's, a, it's a testament to how far we've come, I think. <laughs> That's become acceptable. Testament to the way the show's developed. <laughs> to, just to make another callback to last week's show, one thing you said was that we never see each other socially anymore. We only seem to see each other in the studio. It's a strictly professional relationship. It is now. It's become actually eradicated any kind of actual enjoyment of your company. It's all business. Life. It is all business. But that's actually 
not been true this week, has it? Because we saw each other at Man of Steel yesterday afternoon. Sick of you, actually. And, and we also saw each other for a bit on Saturday night. I was at a, a pub on Guernsey's West Coast, and I was there with a friend, but he'd gone to get a drink from the bar. So you turned up, and I was just sat there, like at a table in the window, just staring out, eating fish what and chips. Watching the sunset. It was on my own. It was very bleak. You looked. <laughs> Uh, you look like a bit of a sad, sad case. Just in uh, my anorak. But I took pity on you. I, I sat down with you. For a little bit. And chatted. I mean, it was also, I was eating fish and chips. It was one of the worst meals I've ever had <laughs> in my life, but I ate most of it. I went up to the bar and ordered, ordered it. I was like, oh, fish and chips, please. They were like, yeah, absolutely. No problem. And they almost beat me back to the table. I sat down. They went, fish and chips? I was like, oh, that's not a good sign. Uh, that is not a good sign. But anyway, yeah, that's it for this week. What you got lined up for the next the next seven days, Tone? What have I got lined up? What is going on? What day is it today? Monday. Yeah. <sighs> Quite busy, but I've forgotten. <laughs> I know I've got I've got a, a work trip out tomorrow night just to fill you in on my the diary work trip out tomorrow night. Uh, touch rugby on Wednesday. It's exciting stuff. It's oh, it's it's a thrilling minute. Thrilling stuff. Your life, isn't it? Just to leave you with one tip, because it doesn't look like they're going to have got their uh, show on the road in time, the old fancy league administrators. But an interesting tidbit here. Chris Barker in fourth with 2,645 points has yet to uh, get a single point for a man of the match performance. What's that about? Yeah, when you've only got 50, you've only managed to pick one man of the match. How many have you got? Two. 100 points. 100 points. That is an interesting tidbit, Tone. You're full of these... uh statistical observations <laughs> just checking your facts Jack Hansel's get, a bit late get all it? your facts in order <laughs> polish all those facts up <laughs> oh here we go it's currently busy updating points Ooh, here we oh, go nervous if you like the show that's terrific but I'd like to see it in writing to be honest uh, so if you feel like doing so you might leave us a review on iTunes uh, we do really appreciate all of those because it, it helps to uh, push us up in the rankings and attract new listeners. You know, I'm sure there are lots of people listening who were drawn into the show by by the positive reviews that are on iTunes. Uh, so thanks to everyone who has done that. A lot of you have done that this week. We really are grateful. Another way you can help support the show is just by telling people about it. Tell a friend. Tell several friends. There's no limit to the number of friends you can tell. I'm sure you've got some friends who like cricket. So draw their attention to this. If you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email, worldcricketshow at gmail.com. Go to Facebook, facebook.com slash cricketshow, and click the like button there. We are closing in very rapidly on 6,000 Facebook likes. So keep doing that. Follow us on Twitter, at cricketshow is where you need to go. That's essentially me. I'm the one tweeting there. You can follow Tony, at Tony Cover, T-O-N-Y-C-V-R-R. And you've actually tweeted a few fairly amusing things well, in, in recent times. Probably too. being a bit generous. Uh, <laughs> Again, things with Twitter is you, you take your eye off the ball and suddenly five days have gone by and you've not tweeted anything. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I think... That, I think... <laughs> and everyone who's there just frantically refreshing their, <laughs> their page to see w- what gems you come out with now. I do appreciate... disappointed. I've tweeted five times so far in the tournament. But, you know, there's a couple of bits that have made me laugh. A couple of things that you've said that have made you laugh. You yeah, know. yeah. Uh, but I'm poised to tweet the latest fancy uh, fancy scores. So once you've liked us on Facebook and followed us on Twitter, uh, go to our online website, www.cricketshow.net. In fact, if you go there first, that's probably make, that probably makes a lot of sense because uh, through there you can link to Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you can also download the theme song for free uh, and purchase your world cricket show t-shirt for just 15 pounds including free shipping to anywhere in the world tony's got his hand up this just in okay. here we go Ooh.
<laughs> what? That is genuine delight. Kerr, big green arrow next to his name, up to seventh. Bayfield, big red arrow, plummets to tenth. No, <laughs> shut up. Yeah. True. Oh, get out. Get out. How have I dropped to tenth? Look at that. Look at that. This has ruined my evening. It was yeah. Mitchell Johnson's done it for you, Tony. You got 154. And, uh, well, there we go. Well, that's incredibly depressing. That's good news. That's really, really depressing. Well, there's still three games to go. It's going to go down to the wire, I think. This is going to be very tight. Very, very tight. Anyway, that's it for this week. Well done, Tone. Go back to the house, and I'll see you on the next task. <laughs> it's an apprentice reference that's there. That's a good one. Well, I like that, actually. What's, what's my treat for winning this task? <laughs> uh, you get to go and have a chat with Chris Hoy. Right. Who yeah. <laughs> you described as Britain's dullest man. Me? Yeah. Oh. Anyway, so yeah, enjoy The Apprentice this week, enjoy the cricket this week, and we'll see you all next time. Bye for now. Cheerio. Tonight, the part of Tony Kerr will be played by Tony Kerr. Best person for the job. I'm surprised you didn't get Henry Cavill in. <laughs> there you go. That sets you up. That's <laughs> what do you think of uh, hashtags on Facebook, Adam? <laughs> Just going to have a banana. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I don't know. Come on. This is a huge banana. <laughs> Load. I don't need this much potassium. Well, how many minutes are we at? Uh, 13. Okay. 13. We're 13 minutes. <laughs> I might make, I'm, I'm contemplating uh, talking about oud at the end, but just, just to let you know. <laughs> I just keep, how seriously are you contemplating that? <laughs> well, it's in my notes. So. Right, what's next? You sound like President Bartlett. What's next? <laughs> Um, in the outroll. <sighs> cut. Yeah. I will. I'll cut, cut that. But you, the first bit's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you got any more jokes? No, no, oh, no. no. <laughs> so many jokes. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 